Thanks for listening to a YPC podcast. We believe God wants to do so much for you and through you, and we'd love to hear about it. Take a second to send your story to office at ypcprior.com and enjoy the message today. How y'all doing? You okay? Brian's not lying. The strangers love the Wilsons who trade children all the time. It's fun. All right. So, can you guys stand up with me for a second? Um, I would just love if you just you just take a second and, and put your hands out. Listen, everyone in the room, if, if, if you feel comfortable with this, put your hands out just like this. I'm not trying to be spooky or weird. I just think there's something that happens when um, we do something physically to align our hearts with what I believe God wants to do this morning. So this is what this is. It's just a posture of saying, God, I want to receive what you have for me this morning. I believe there's something that God wants to say to us as individuals, even me, as, indi- as an individual this morning. And so as we stand with this posture of receiving, of being open to encouragement, correction, whatever God has for us, direction, as we're open to, to, to receive what he has for us, I think God's going to do something. I'm going to pray for us right now. Dear Lord Jesus, as we stand here with our, our arms open, our hands open to you, ready for whatever you're going to give us. Whatever you're going to hand to us, God, whatever you're going to, God, our hearts are open to receive, open to receive encouragement, open to receive your Holy Spirit, open to receive your grace, open to receive your love. We're open. We stand here in this posture that says, God, What you have to give us, we will receive. What you have to give us, we will receive. Even now, God, I pray that you are putting things in our heart. Even now. Before we even really dive into this, God. I thank you, Father, for what you have done what you will do, what you want to speak to us on the individual level. By Jesus' name, amen. All right, y'all can take a seat. So here we are, Holy Spirit. We're in our Holy Spirit. It's called the Advocate Series, part three. If you're new with us, I am not a regular weekend communicator. My name is Rachel Strange, Pastor Darian. He is off this weekend. He actually just became a grandpa this weekend. So he's taking some time to both celebrate that, and I believe him and Tyra might also. I'm not sure if they ditched this because of the grandkid or if they ended up going or not. But uh, they also may be in Florida this weekend doing um, some coaching and that kind of thing. So either way, here I am, right? And... and, uh, Again, my name is Rachel Strange, and it's, um, it's an honor and a privilege to get to hang out with you this weekend. Um, I'm so excited to be here with you, but as I'm thinking about this Holy Spirit thing, about the advocate, something popped in my head, and, and it was this. We all kind of know people, probably, uh, hopefully, that um, when it comes to this faith walk, when it comes to following Jesus... They just seem to have it. Like, when circumstances are crazy, 
They don't give up. When, um, when, when anything happens, they just keep standing. They seem to have faith for things that seem beyond what we could believe for. They seem to have a confidence in life. And as we look at, maybe you're thinking of people in your life right now who are like this. As we look at that person, we could be a little envious. We can wonder, what do they have that I don't have? What are they doing that I'm not doing? And I suppose there could be a lot of explanations for what I'm describing. Sometimes just spiritual and emotional maturity. Sometimes maybe they, uh, they have like a really good support system. And I think, that it, I mean, maybe even occasionally people just are good at faking it. I don't know. But I think most of the time when we see a person who is like what I am describing right now, they are that way because they understand or they know how to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes maybe even they don't even know how to quite describe it, but they just have this thing, this ability, this power, this determination. In John 14 through 26, or verse 26, it says this, But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. How do we live a life that looks like that? How do we live a life at peace like that? Through the power of the Holy Spirit. We want our life to look like what I just described. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. Whenever we see the Holy Spirit, especially in like Acts through the end of the Bible, the book of Acts through the end of the Bible, right next to the Holy Spirit is always power. When it describes what the Holy Spirit does in our life, the Bible talks about power. Let me give you an example. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it says, you will receive the Holy Spirit, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witness in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. If you're familiar with the scripture, you know that at the gospels, at the end of every gospel, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, when after Jesus dies, all the disciples freak out and leave. And they hide or they kind of cower and they just don't know what to do. So how do we go from Gentlemen who freak out and hide to ones who go to the ends of the earth preaching the gospel through the power that comes with the Holy Spirit. In 2 Timothy 1.7, it says, For the, the Spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. Other translations also say a sound mind. 
There is a power that comes with the Holy Spirit. And that word power, so like if you don't know, the Bible didn't arrive to us in English. It was written in Greek. It was written in Hebrew. And that word power that we're seeing in both of those scriptures, that we're seeing associated with the Holy Spirit, is the Greek word dynamis. And this is what that word means. And by the way, this would be a good, like all services are good services to take notes, but I'm going to say a lot of things that I'm like, hey, you should study that. Hey, you should look into that. Hey, you, you, so be ready for that. Have your, you, you know, we've got the version live thing, or you can go, you can add notes that way. Maybe you're, whatever you want to do, whatever, however you're, pen and paper, whatever you do, this is a good service to take notes because I'm going to say a lot of stuff. So there you go. That's your warning. Dynamis. Here we go. This is what dynamis means. The first definition, inherent power residing in a thing by virtue of its nature. So a power that is just in something because it is, or which a person or thing exerts and puts forth. The second definition, power for performing miracles. That's dynamis. Third definition, moral power and excellence of soul. The power and influence, which belongs to riches and wealth. Power and resources arising from numbers. And power consisting in or resting upon armies, forces, and hosts. The Holy Spirit is power. It's power. And what does this power do in our life? What, do is it, what does it do for us? What does it do in our heart? This Holy Spirit gives us an inerrant power, a power that just is. By virtue of being sons and daughters of our Father, we get access to a power, and a power that is beyond us. One of those de definitions talked about how it's a power having to do with armies, forces, or hosts. When the Holy Spirit power is working in our life, it's more than just us. It's more than what just you can do. It's more than just you by yourself. There's a power. There's a force behind you. And the Holy Spirit does not fit tightly into our boxes. It is not a self-help formula. It's not a check one, two, three thing. That's not what the Holy Spirit is. The best way to hold, think about the Holy Spirit is as a person in the Godhead. We sang the song, Good Father, right? So we've got our Father God. We think of Jesus who died on the cross for our sins. That's, that's Jesus. And then we've got the Holy Spirit, this force that works within us. And if we, if we think of the Holy Spirit as simply an it rather than a who, we lose that personal power that can reside in us. And it becomes just this weird thing. So I think it helps us if we remember that the Holy Spirit is a part of God. It's a, it's a part of the Trinity. And you're like, Rachel, that's weird. That blows my mind. It's okay. If, if you could understand everything about God, you, are really, you have really shallow thoughts about God. Sorry, not sorry. Okay? And all of that being said, obviously there's more that I could say. Like I can't say everything about the Holy Spirit. In this like, message I have for you, no matter how much I go like this with my arms, I'm not going to be able to explain everything about the Holy Spirit's power. No matter how fast I walk back and forth across the stage, my husband reminded me that I need to slow down so I don't look like a pinball. So if you see me looking like a pinball, I'm sorry. I tried. Just get excited. Okay. 
But what I'm going to do is I'm going to focus on Romans 8. That is probably my main scripture, my main text, whatever you want to call it for this message. Now, if you're familiar with Romans 8, you know that that is a very dense, perhaps confusing portion of Scripture. Like, it can sound like Paul's kind of talking, Paul, the author of that Scripture, inspired by the Holy Spirit. It can sound like he's talking in circles. So I'm using something called the Passion Translation for this. Now, I personally think it's more like a paraphrase. So, like, you know, I'm not telling you to only read this translation. But I think it does a really good job breaking down this dense part of Scripture in a way that you can understand it. You know, if you've been here uh, the last month, we did a series called about silence and solitude called Press Pause. I personally think Romans 8 would be a great um, passage of Scripture to do some silence and solitude time, like read it in multiple translations, think about it, slowly go through it. That's just my advice to you. That's, that's just what I think you should do. So there you go. You can take it or leave it. You should take it. But um, here we go. You ready? Romans 8. In verse 1, it says, So now the case is closed. There remains no accusing voice of condemnation against those who are joined in life union with Jesus, the anointed one. For the law of the spirit of life flowing through the anointing of Jesus has liberated us from the law of sin and death. For God achieved what the law was unable to accomplish because the law was limited by the weakness of human nature. So like the law means like before Jesus, there was the set of rules that had to be followed in order to follow God. It was a lot of rules, but the whole point of all those rules was really just to point us to our need for a Savior because in our human weakness, we could never live up to all of that stuff. So it pointed us to Jesus as God achieved what the law was unable to accomplish. God showed up and fixed things. Yet God sent his son in human form to identify with human weakness. Clothed with humanity, God's son, Jesus, gave his body to be the sin offering so that God could once and for all condemn the guilt and power of sin. So God's taking care of guilt and the power of sin. So now every righteous requirement of the law can be fulfilled through the anointed one, Jesus, living his life in us. And we are free to live. Man, I like that. Free to live. Not according to our flesh, our flesh meaning our sinful nature, the impulse to do the wrong things. The flesh is that thing in you that just can't not. Just can't walk away from that thing. The part of you that just can't walk away from that fourth cupcake. The part of you that just can't not go to that website. The part of you that can't stop reading dumb comments on Facebook, the part of you that just can't not, that's the flesh, all right? That's the flesh. But the dynamic, so we live not according to all those things I just said, but the dynamic power of the Holy Spirit. Last week, Pastor Darian talked about conviction versus guilt and shame. Conviction comes from the Holy Spirit. Guilt and shame do not, right? So we talked a little bit about that. If you missed it, go back and listen to it. It's, it's available. 
those who are motivated by the flesh only pursue what benefits themselves. But those who live by the impulses of the Holy Spirit are motivated to pursue spiritual realities. For the mindset of the flesh is death. But the mindset controlled by the Spirit, by the Holy Spirit, finds life and peace. Do you have life and peace in your life? Or are you motivated by some selfish desires? In fact, the mindset focused on the flesh fights God's plans and refuses to submit to his direction because it cannot. For no matter how hard they try, God finds no pleasure with those who are controlled by the flesh. But when the Spirit of Christ empowers your life, you are not dominated by the flesh, but by the Spirit. If you are joined to the Spirit of the Anointed One, if you are not joined to the Spirit of the Anointed One, you are not of Him. So now, Christ lives His life in you. Even though your body may be dead because of the effects of sin, His life-giving Spirit imparts life to you because you are fully accepted by God. Yes, God raised Jesus to life. And since God's spirit of resurrection lives in you, he will also raise your dying body to life by the same spirit that breathes life in you. So then, beloved ones, the flesh, the sin nature, that thing that wants to be selfish, has no claims at all on us. And we have no further obligation to live in obedience to it. You don't have to live in obedience to that desire to do all those things I just said. You don't have to live in obedience to those negative impulses, to that desire to lie, to cover up, to cheat, to look at that website, to talk about that friend, to do that thing, to mess up your marriage, to be a jerk of a pair, whatever it is. You don't have to live by that desire. We live by the desires, by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. For when you live controlled by the flesh, you are about to die. But if in the life of the Spirit puts to death the corrupt ways of the flesh, we then taste his abundant life. You can taste his abundant life through the power of the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit gives us the power to resist or to say no to sin. How do you do it? The power of the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. We need him working in us. We need him working through us. Because on my own, I'm under the law and I can't do it. I'm weak without Jesus. I'm weak without the Holy Spirit. I need that working in my life. And we've all, if we are honest, if we take a sober moment, if we think about it, we're all, if we're honest, have seen our own weakness in person. We've seen us face things that we should say no to and we've said yes to them. We've seen that if we're honest. We've felt that. Maybe we think with enough behavior modification, with enough self-help, with enough whatever, with enough rest, with enough whatever, then we can finally say no on our own to that thing that pulls on us. But on our own, we can't. I don't know. Uh, so I, I grew up in Kansas, and so I don't know what you guys read in high school here. But I, and, and I also went to like a, a college prep school. So 
Um, and I was also an English major, so I'm really into reading nerdy things. And so just go with me here. But in, um, in high school, I read something called The Autobiography of Ben Franklin. Again, don't know if you read that here. But this is what he does in the autobiography of Ben Franklin. Ben Franklin decides that he's going to try to be perfect because he's a very humble person. That, I guess that's what happens when you're on the $100 bill. You just get really humble. So, so he decides he's going to try to be perfect. And he literally, like, you can go look this up. You can find, I'm sure it's probably free online, but, like, you can find this, like, charts and graphs he makes where he lists, like, I'm going to be patient. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do all these virtues. And he, like, checks marks off how good he did that day. And then he, like, perfects one and he moves on to the next one. And he's, like, really proud of himself for how well that he's done all of these and then he gets to the last one, which was pride. And I'm sure you're shocked to discover that he found he wasn't so good at that one. It's okay. I know he founded our country, but we can laugh at his own goofiness. Okay, it's cool. We're not, like, dis we're not like disrespecting America. Okay, so, like, it's cool. All right, so he, he, uh, he, he finds that he's not so good at the pride thing. So this is what he says. In reality... There is perhaps no one of our natural passions so hard to subdue as pride. Disguise it, struggle with it, beat it down, stifle it, mortify it as much as one pleases, it is still alive. Benjamin Franklin is not the only great thinker in history, the great man, man or woman in history tried to be perfect. They tried to try really hard and correct themselves. But he, like everyone but Jesus, failed. Do we want to be perfect as our God is perfect, which is a, is a scripture? We've got to have the Holy Spirit. We've got to live out the Spirit moving and working in us. We need his power to work if we're going to be who God has called us to be. If we're going to give up those addictions, if we're going to fix our marriage, if we're going to do whatever, we need the power of the Holy Spirit. We do. Are we okay? All right. You're very quiet. Help, help me out. All right. Please. Okay, if Waverly said that, my daughter, I would have been like, Waverly, say please, come on, please. All right, Romans 8, back to Romans 8, verse 14 says, the mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. So we have impulses, right? I talked about the impulse to look at that website that you shouldn't look at, the impulse to say that thing. You shouldn't say the impulse to gossip, the impulse to lie, the impulse to cheat, the impulse to be proud. Those are impulses. But there's also Holy Spirit impulses. Those are impulses. Those impulses to be generous. The impulse to love people. I don't know if, you know, maybe those of you have been doing this for a little bit. Maybe you've been walking through Walmart been at a grocery store, and there was a person in front of you, and you thought, I feel like I just need to say something to that person. 
that's probably the impulse, like a, like a positive, like an encouraging thing, or, or pay for their grocery, or something like that. That's the impulse of the Holy Spirit. And you see, when we submit our lives to Jesus, when we learn to live and, and, and walk in the power of the Holy Spirit, it changes our impulses. It changes our impulses. And you did not receive a spirit of religious duty. So we're not doing these things out of obligation because somebody told us we have to because we want to check a, a good Christian um, mark off if we're, we're doing what ben Benjamin Franklin did and we're making sure we're perfect in every way. It's not because of that. Leading you back into the fear of never being good enough. But you received the spirit of full acceptance. Enfolding you into the family of God and you will never feel orphaned. For as he rises within us, our spirits join him in saying the words of the tender affection, beloved Father. For the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us. As he whispers into our innermost being, you are God's beloved child. You are God's beloved child. You know, we sang the song, Good, Good Father, today, and maybe for some of you, that's a hard song to sing. There's a lot of different experiences of father that we have on this earth. But as we let the Holy Spirit work in our lives, we find our understanding of father changes. It stops being defined by just what our earthly father did. And it starts being defined by what our father God does. What he says about us. Those impulses of the Holy Spirit start speaking what he says we are instead of what we say we are. Because he's a good, good father. See, the Holy Spirit gives us power to understand God's love. Ephesians 3, 14 through 19 says this. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and earth is named, to, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, so that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with the fullness of God. According to the riches of glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with what? Power. Through his spirit in your inner being. And through that power, Christ may dwell in your heart through faith. And then you're rooted and grounded in love. Then you understand the height and the, and the breadth and the depth. We need the Holy Spirit's power to help us understand God's love for us. Because I said, I made that joke before, right? Like if you understand God, you probably have a shallow view of God. But I think God wants us to bring us into more and more understanding of, the, of how good his love is. Of how good of a father he is. That he is perfect in all of his ways. He wants to show us that. What is it that enables us to understand how great the love of God is? It's the Holy Spirit. 
And when we understand what God thinks about us, we do life differently. You approach your friendships differently. You go to your job differently. You walk up to your boss differently. You go to school differently. You parent differently. You um, walk out your romantic relationships differently. When you understand the Father's love, how you approach, everything changes. There's a confidence that happens when I know that I am a daughter and I am a son of a king, of a heavenly father who sits on the throne, who already paved the way for me, who sent me the Holy Spirit, who is my advocate, who is my helper, who does not leave me alone. I am not abandoned. I am not an orphan because I have the Holy Spirit. I have the Father. I have Jesus. And we walk different when we know. We walk different when we know. I got to take my jacket off now. It's that that point. All right. I'm getting really charismatic in here. Okay. Can't hide your roots, I guess, right? When we understand better, we do differently. We just do. Thank, thank you, husband, for holding that. If you're like, who is this dude? That is that is Drew Strange, children's pastor extraordinaire. Very handsome guy. Okay. Romans 5 says this. And hope does not put us to shame. Because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. Who has been given to us. It's a gift. It's a gift. You see, at just the right time, Jesus showed up. When we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. When we were still powerless, that's when Jesus showed up. Which brings me to point number three. And I still have three pages of notes, so don't get too excited. The Holy Spirit gives us the power to be strong when we are weak. To be strong when we are weak. Back to Romans 8. And in a similar way, the Holy Spirit takes hold of us and our human frailty to empower us in our weakness. For example, at times, we don't even know how to pray or know the best things to ask for. Have you ever felt like that? Have you ever been in a situation where, like, God, I don't even know what I'm supposed to pray for. This situation is so messed up. Like, I'm clueless. We don't even know how to pray or know the best things to ask for, but the Holy Spirit rises within us to super intercede on our behalf, pleading to God with emotional sighs too deep for words. Other translations say groanings that words cannot express. What does that mean? It means you need to come out last Wednesday when we really go in deep there. There's some things I just don't, again, I could go like this for a long time, but We only have a certain amount of time. Okay, so last Wednesday, we're going to go deep here. But the Holy Spirit shows up when we don't know what to pray for. The Holy Spirit shows up when we don't know. God, the searcher of our heart, knows fully our longings. Yet he also understands the desire of the Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit passionately pleads before God for us, his holy ones, in perfect harmony with God's plan and our destiny. 
So we are convinced that every detail in our lives is continually woven together to fit into God's perfect plan of bringing good into our lives. For we are His who have been called to fulfill His design purposes. You may know this scripture. As that God works all things together for the good of those who love them. But how does He do it? when the Holy Spirit intercedes and prays what we can't pray. Because like, I only have so much knowledge. Like I've been doing this Jesus thing a while, but there's still a lot that I don't know. But you know who knows the word perfectly? The Holy Spirit. You know who knows God's will perfectly? The Holy Spirit. So there's times when I'm praying on my own and I might pray some dumb prayers. I gotta go all charismatic now. If I had a tie, I would be like, but I don't wear ties. I would, I just, that's not, no. Okay. I need like a hanky. Okay. Well, we don't know what to pray for. There's the Holy Spirit. And he knows. He knows what we don't know. In my human frailty, in my weakness, sometimes I just don't know. But he knows. He knows. Yet even in the midst of all these things, we triumph over them all. For God has made us more than conquerors. And his demonstrated love is our glorious victory over everything. Over everything. And you might say, well, okay, that sounds great. I like that idea. Glorious victory over everything. Okay, let's do that. But Rachel, I have been trying so hard to not do that stuff anymore. I have been trying so hard to turn my back on that stuff, to fix my marriage, to be a good parent, to, to stop lying, to stop gossiping, to stop overeating, to stop this. I've been trying so hard. Might I say part of the problem is I am trying. And instead, what we need to say is, I am resting in the power of the Holy Spirit that goes beyond my circumstances, beyond my weaknesses, beyond what I could do on my own is the Holy Spirit. He is beyond. You are probably a wimp on your own. You, there's two people who, when I say that, you're like, you're right, Rachel, I know. And then there's other people who will like survey your life and you're like, no. Look what I made. Look what I have accomplished. Don't tell me I need other people. Don't tell me I need something else. To that I would say, it's a whole other message. I don't have time for it. But read the book of Daniel and you will find what happens when people say, look, what I, look at the kingdom that I have made. Because it doesn't turn out good when we say, look at the kingdom that I have made. What has happened in your life has happened by the grace of God through the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's give credit where credit is due. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to him who is able to do, him, not me, I'm not able to do, he is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. That dynamous power is at work within us. You used to be a wimp, 
But then Jesus came in when you were still powerless. Then the Holy Spirit shows up when you're powerless and he fills in the gaps. He takes care of the rest. Oswald Chambers says this, when it is a question of God's almighty spirit, never say I can't. Never say I can't. Because it's not me. It's Jesus. It's God. It's the Holy Spirit. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 says this. This could be a whole other message too. I don't have time to go into all the context of this scripture. You can read it yourself. Give yourself a little note. There you go. Quiet time with this. Okay, but 2 Corinthians 12, 9. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness so that the power of Christ may rest in me. All those things that you think you can't do, those dreams that you feel like you'll never accomplish, that relationship that you feel like can't be saved, that kid or that parent who seems so far away, that job mess that you're in that you just don't know how you can fix it, the debt that you have, God is bigger. If it's impossible, guess what? That's where God thrives. That's where he shows up. Henry Blackaby says this, will God ever ask you to do something you are not able to do? The answer is yes, all the time. It must be that way for God's glory and kingdom. If we function according to our ability alone, we get the glory. If we function according to the power of the Spirit within us, God gets the glory. And he wants to reveal himself to a watching world. God wants to create a miracle in the situations in your life. Not just for your sake, but also for your sake because he's a good, good father. But also for a watching world. For a watching world. He wants to do something incredible. When we're weak, when we can't do it, that's where God gets the glory. I debate on telling this story that I'm about to tell because we're planning on doing like a whole other thing in a video and I don't want to steal Taliana's thunder, our creative director, but I don't think she's here, so it's fine. And um, she just became, you know, an aunt, so it's like a whole thing too, right? So, um, you know, I've had my own situations where I'm weak and the only thing I can do is rely on the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, you maybe you know this, maybe you don't. I have two daughters, Waverly and June. They are the best. They are the cutest children in this church. No offense to your children. And um, I said last week, you all want your sons to marry them. I know that you do. It's fine. I get it. But chill, okay? So I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's weird, okay? And um, anyway, so June. She has, she, her birthday is actually on Christmas, so she turned one year old on Christmas. And um, so I went in a little bit after Christmas for her one-year appointment, and at that appointment, they do, like, the standard blood work is fairly normal, you know, make sure their iron's good and all that stuff. And 
A few days after that appointment, she gets sick, and then at the same time, I get this phone call, and she'd actually been sick off and on a lot, all like, like flu season hit now, and she's been fine, but like, to, like all around Christmas, it was like she was sick off and on for like a couple of months, it felt like, and anyway, so she's sick again. I get this call from the doctor that's like, hey, it doesn't, they don't say why. We need you to come in and do more blood work because we had some concerns about her blood work before, which like, okay, stressful that that's all you're telling me. But, um, and so, so we already had an appointment scheduled for her because she had been sick. So, um, so Drew was actually the one that did it. He goes and he takes his appointment. He gets out of the doctor that they are testing for leukemia. And, um, that's scary, right? That's a scary word. And I'm weak in that moment, like on my own. I'm just, I'm just, a, just me. I can't fix that. I can't do, I can't do that. I, what am I going to do? But the power of the Holy Spirit can do some things I can't do. So we pray. We told a few people, people we knew we could believe with us. And so we get word back on the second blood test. They call us and they're like, probably not leukemia. Why count so high? So we, we want to do one more test to make sure. So we go in and like a week and a half and they test again. And my doctor walks in. He's a Jesus person. Like he prayed with Drew over June when he told uh, uh, Drew what was going on. And um, he walks in with this piece of paper with her white cell count on it and says, well, June's a miracle. And then he tells me, I was actually more worried than I let on because she'd been sick. She hadn't really gained weight because of these things. I was more worried than I let on. And I had actually told my nurse, I'm pretty sure June has leukemia. And this is what I believe. I think that she did have leukemia, and now she doesn't. And I don't, and this is what he told me, and this is what I'm telling you. I don't know how you feel about that. But I know that in the medical field, there are sometimes things that happen that we can't explain, and some people call them coincidences, but other people call them miracles. I'm calling it a miracle. This is what he tells me. Well, you can think whatever you want. I'm calling it a miracle. You can think whatever you want. You can think it's a medical error. You can think whatever you want. I know that I was weak. There was no friggin' thing I could do other than pray, other than trust the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to tell you, on that Thursday night, I can't explain it. Because it was a Thursday night we did this the, first, the second test, and then a Friday night they called them back. A peace fell on me that I cannot explain to you. And that peace didn't come from my strength. It didn't come because I'm awesome. It didn't come because I can yell and go like this. It came because of the Holy Spirit. And I don't know what situation you're facing that seems impossible, that seems stressful, that seems rough. But you have the same Holy Spirit I do. If you're a follower of Jesus, you have access to that power. You can be strong. You can but it's not on your own strength. It's the Holy Spirit. So how do we do this? How do we walk in? That all sounds great, Rachel. I want that. What do I do? I said earlier, I believe that a lot of this stuff is not ABC, a formula, whatever. But here's some things I want you to try this week. I want you to start practicing this week. Maybe do one of them. Maybe do two of them. Maybe do all of them. 
So here we go. One thing. Pray the Ephesians 3 prayer. I read part of that. So that's Ephesians 3 and verse 14 to 21. Again, write things down. Ephesians 3, 14 to 21. And so where it says you, say I. Say I will be strengthened in my innermost being. And don't just pray it to check off a thing. Really pray it. Really mean those words. Let those words sink into you as you pray. Because God inspired the author of that, Paul, to put that in the Bible. So I would say there's probably something to us taking that scriptural prayer and applying it to our our lives. So that's one thing you can do. Number two, daily ask God to fill you with the Holy Spirit. And not because, like, tomorrow I don't have access to the Holy Spirit anymore, so I have to ask again today. Like, I'm a follower of Jesus. It's a gift. I've been given the Holy Spirit. But when I date, when I do this, I'll, like, go to a situation and be like, God, you know, while I'm at work, fill me with your Holy Spirit so I have wisdom, I have power, I have the right words to speak. God, as I'm parenting, fill me with your Holy Spirit so I know how to parent in a way that is best for these two little cuties. And it's not because I, I've lost access to it. It's because it reminds me. When I daily ask for the Holy Spirit to fill me up, it reminds me that I have the Holy Spirit. Number three, we talked about this last series, silence and solitude, okay? Take 10 minutes, shut all the things off. Put your phone on, do not disturb, or just turn the whole darn thing off. And get out either Romans 8 or Ephesians 3 and prayerfully read through those verses. Like read some of it and go, God, what does this mean for me? Holy Spirit, speak to me about what this scripture means for me. Just try it. Just try it. Four, keep people around you who speak Holy Spirit life into you. When that thing happened with June, I needed the people I told about it. I needed them to be encouraging to me. I needed them to remind me of who the Holy Spirit is, who God is, that he's a good father. I needed that. You need that. You can't do this Christian life solo. You can't. There's no, like, lone ranger of the Christian life. You need Jesus. You need Holy Spirit. You need all those things. But you also need some people running alongside of you. Number five. Man, keep coming to the series. Listen to the messages that you missed and be here on last Wednesday. Yes, it's crowded and packed and it's loud. And there's all the teenagers here, so it's kind of sweaty. But, like... It's good. It's good sweaty. It's good sweaty. It's just like everyone remember to wear deodorant. I'm just kidding. Okay. So be there on last Wednesday because we're going to, there's just ways on last Wednesday that we can go deeper than we can go on the weekend. So come to that. Come to that. The Holy Spirit wants to work in your life. It's not a trick. God's not trying to tease you with the power of the Holy Spirit. It's available to you. And he will show you how to walk that out. Keep this posture. You know, I started with this. Keep this. Keep this. Let's pray. God, I thank you for your Holy Spirit. I pray that we sense what you want to say to us as individuals. God, that right now, if there's people who have questions, if they have pushback, if they're just not sure, speak to them. Help them see 
who you are, what your Holy Spirit is. Help them see how the Holy Spirit wants to work in our life and work in our hearts. Help us, God, as we do these five things, and we try these practices out, help us see what you want to do in us, how you want to work through us. God, I pray that every person in here, they have a Holy Spirit power kind of week, that miracles happen in their lives this week, that there is life change this week, that suddenly they find themselves not moved by the impulses of their flesh, but by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. God, I pray that, God, any person who's battling an addiction, they're battling a thing that they think they can't break, I just speak against that spirit in Jesus' name, and I thank you that the Holy Spirit, it takes the place, that it rises up within them, and it becomes stronger than any addiction, than any pattern, than anything they thought they couldn't let go of right now work in their life. I thank you that this week will be different, that they will walk with Holy Spirit power. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand. If you made any decisions this weekend, you can mark that on a connection card. But right now, what we're going to do is we're going we're gonna to worship, and we're going to worship with our giving. And um, as uh, the gentleman said at the beginning of, of service, we've got Impact Awards this weekend. And I personally am very excited about Impact Awards. I um, have been, you know, helping plan all that stuff. And so I know it's going to be pretty fun. So you do not want to miss out on this. Don't not go because you didn't want to get dressed up, okay? Like if, you're, if that's not your thing, we're not going to be like, oh, my God, that person just has jeans on. Okay, so come. Okay, come. All right, don't let that be a reason not to come because we as a staff of our church want to celebrate our dream team. If you haven't RSVP'd, do so. Every dream team member needs RSVP. So it's not like one, so it's not like, well, mom, I RSVP'd, so we're all RSVP'd. If you're a dream team member, you are invited to Impact Awards. You all need to RSVP. And if you're like, Rachel, I'm not a dream team member, but that sounds fun. Why don't I get to go be a dream team member? You'll get to go next year. So here as we worship God with our giving, the Impact Awards is a thing we get to do because you are generous. We get to feed our staff well, or for our dream team well. We get to throw you a party, give you awards, because you all are generous. And that's just one way that our church gets to be generous because you are generous. There's lots of other ways, foster care, missions, all of that stuff. But I just wanna say thank you. And from our dream team, from our staff to you, thank you. Thank you for blessing us. This Impact Awards is going to be really fun. And I just want to say thank you for that. So the buckets are in the back to give. We can also give online. We've got the kiosk over at the outlet as well. So let's pray. God, I thank you that you bless every giver, that as we worship with our tithe and with our offerings, God, that you bless us, that you, that you meet our needs, that you just like you're a good, good father in every other way of our life, you're also a good, good father when it comes to meeting our financial needs. That is, we are generous, you are generous. So God, I thank you for that. I thank you that you're blessing us in every way, in every aspect of our life. In Jesus' name, amen. You all are dismissed. Thank you so much. You have much. been listening to a YPC podcast. Visit our website at ypcprior.com to hear more.